You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Moana. For generations, this peaceful island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all. Of the wind and sea, I am hero a- of men. Wh- what? It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, hero of men. I interrupted from the top. Hero of men. Go. Okay, everybody. That was the trailer for Disney's Moana. Uh, the story tells uh, about an adventurous teenager who sets sail on a daring mission to save her people. During her jo- uh, journey, Moana meets the once mighty demigod Maui, who guides her in her quest to become a master wayfinder. Together, they sail across the open ocean on an action-packed voyage, incurred, encountering enormous monsters and impossible odds. Along the way, Moana fulfills the ancient quest of her ancestors and discovers the one thing she always sought, her own identity. The cast, which I'm going to butcher a lot of this. We're going to do my best here. Uh, Ali Cravalho plays Moana. Dwayne Johnson, Rachel House, Tamwera Morrison, Jemaine Clement, Nicole Scherzinger, and Alan Tudyk. Woo. All right, I got that one. The team of people that worked on this film, directors Ron Clements and John Musker, and it is written by Jared Bush. I'm being joined for this review by Kristen Lopez. Hello, Kristen. Hello, everybody. And let's start off with you first here, Kristen. What did you think of Disney's, my gosh, I feel like they've released so many films this year, (laughs) Their, their latest feature, Moana. Um, you know, I was, I had high hopes for Moana, uh, it's, got music written in part by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm a Hamilton super fan. So I I was definitely excited about this. A a Polynesian princess. uh, All of that. And I like this. I did not love it. I liked it um, quite a bit. But there are some some story flaws here. This is not the um, Musker Clements movies of the past. This is not Aladdin. Um, this is not The Lion King. This is a bit more, I compared it to Princess and the Frog, where your mileage is going to vary. Um, the, the acting, the voice cast is fantastic. I have no problem with that. The animation, gorgeous. Probably one oh of the Oh my God, most, the water effects. Yes, one of the most beautifully animated films. You know, you have these beautiful, um, bright colors, and then you have these nice kind of warm honey tones when they're inside. Um, the songs are okay. Um, but there's a serious tone problem that I had. It seemed like for all the attempts to make this kind of respectful Polynesian heritage, some things just don't fit. There's no real villains. It's a series of kind of epic quests. I did like the end and how um, the the marketing for this is really promoting this as a Maui movie because uh, Johnson is the predominant name, but I liked that it was not his story. So this is a weird kind of hodgepodge of 
you know, Mulan and Hercules with a little Finding Dory in there. Um, a lot, and and um, I'm one of those where you can reference movies, but I think this movie leans a little too heavily on what's worked before. It's so funny you mentioned referencing movies. Um, there are references to not even Disney movies, but like films like The Abyss. Um, there's a reference to Mad Max uh, yeah. Fury Road. Yeah, I saw there. I mean, it's it, it cracks me up sometimes when you watch um, these uh, Disney films and how much you can tell they really love other filmmakers work and they uh, put them or nods to them into their films. It always cracks me up. Uh, with that said, I I liked Moana. I, I, I did like it. I liked it quite a bit. I didn't love it. Um, it's not, you're right, it's not Aladdin. It's not The Lion King. But I will say this, I liked it more than I liked Frozen. So... Oh, see, I'll, I'm going to disagree with you on that. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's that's all well and good. I thought that it was more uh, better animated than Frozen. I liked the songs more because I feel like Frozen has, do you want to build a snowman and let it go and that's kind of it. Um, I'm not really a fan of the other songs in that movie where with Moana, I find myself constantly listening to, uh, how far I'll go, which I think is now a best original song contender. I know that we know the way is something that a lot of people are also talking a lot about because Lin-Manuel Miranda actually sings on that track. But I, I think that how far I'll go is, uh, definitely the stronger track. It's, it's, it's the, it's the let it go of this film. And also, uh, <laughs> Maui's song, You're Welcome. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but I got such uh, Road to El Dorado vibes from that song, um, which uh, was a Elton John uh, score mostly uh, when it came to the songs. It, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I think Dwayne Johnson does it fairly well for the most part. I mean, it's not terrible. It, it, but it really does just come down to how damn catchy these songs are. And that's ultimately what I was mostly taken away with was I, I just instantly got in the car. I turned on the soundtrack, started listening to it. Can't get the songs out of my head for days since then. The story, though. Okay. So this is where Moana kind of takes a little bit of a step back for me a little bit. The story is something that I've seen so many times before. Uh, this search for identity, this... Um, quest to you got to just believe in yourself. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, Disney's like we're gonna make you believe in yourself. You're gonna be inspired when you walk away from this film, and that's all you got to do is you just got to believe, and you can achieve anything if you do just that. And I'm getting like kind of tired of that message in all of their films. For Moana, it's not just a, a believe in yourself type of movie. Which, which when I say that the movie, I think relies too heavily on references. I'm not. I'm not talking just like a stray like line that makes you think of something. They have whole elements of this movie that are just ripped out of their own canon of films. And I think that, yeah, that element of believing in yourself, there's a chosen one narrative in here. The, the sea chose Moana to save her island. Um, yes. You know, that's, which we've seen before as well. Which is fine because we usually don't see it with women. Which I was okay with, but then you also sure. have you also have the traveling with a with a god, which we've seen in Mulan. You've you've seen yep. the dying home planet. You've seen even the ending, which I'm not going to spoil, is essentially an environmental kind of parable that we've seen in Fern Gully. Um, I mean, oh yeah, even the character of Hey Hey 
is essentially Becky from Finding Dory. Oh, wow. Yes, you're 100% correct on that. Yes. I was sitting there thinking like, wow, there's very little aside from the setting and the ending, which allows the female to take action. There's very little originality I found in this movie. I did appreciate um, that Disney does continue to like redefine themselves uh, as a times change. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of, yeah, choosing this setting, uh, having a woman of color. Once again, be, you know, the, the focal point here, which I think is still very important, even though it's nothing new. I mean, there have been uh, Disney princesses of color before, um, but I still think it's important to highlight that. I was just going to say, if we could just get away from having a woman need a male character counterpoint. Um, but she she doesn't in this one. She, she, doesn't. she doesn't get a romantic love interest. No, no. But I, I think like in Frozen, in Tangled, we had to have Flynn Rider. In Frozen, we had to have Kristoff. And yes, those were love interests. But we've also learned that Disney is obsessed with needing to get little boys in to see their movies. And their argument is, is we have to include a guy in order to get little boys to go see this movie. So I would love a Disney movie in the future that just has two women in it. Like, two girls. You don't need... I'm sorry, I, I don't think we we need a dude counterpoint in every Disney movie. So I would like... I love that there's no relationship between the two of them, because that would be weird. But I'm, I'm hoping we get to a point where Disney's like, oh, if we have some dudes in here, great. But I'd like a story with, you know, two women. Or hell, just one woman. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If they do it one day and the box office results are terrible, it'll prove their point. But at least you'll get what you want. That's, I mean, we got Ghostbusters, so, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's true. There you go. Um, you know, the title character in this, she is resourceful, she's strong, she's hopeful, she has a sense of adventure about her. I, I really liked her character, and I also thought that the actress that did her voice gave it the right level of energy, wit, um, that was needed for this to make her completely likable. And I was really, really into it the entire time. Dwayne Johnson. All right. So I'm, I, I was a wrestling fan when I was a kid. So I've been listening to the rock, like a better part of my life uh, talk for the most part. It is a little odd hearing him uh, do a voice acting performance, especially singing. But it's so funny because I see so many elements of the rock himself, like the, the character and not just a tattoo, um, but just uh, aspects of his personality in this character that I, I, I was eventually won over by it because who cannot be won over by Dwayne Johnson and his charm at the end of the day. So I do think that uh, those two bits of voice casting there are absolutely fantastic. Um, my other big gripe about this film is an out-of-place song sequence and character. <laughs> and I'm referring to this very big... Uh, what is it? Is it a crab? He's I don't remember crab. now. He's a crab. It, it's a big crab that loves talking about himself and is covered in gold. And he has a song called Shiny, which I don't care how catchy it is because it is catchy. Um, it just felt so oddly out of place in the, in the rest of the movie for me. And the fantastical elements of this movie, because, you know, we're dealing with, um, a big crab. We're dealing with a big lava monster. Um, it it just started to feel like it was this very uh, just very odd movie tonally in terms of dealing with all these magical elements. I know we got demigods, and then there's this like this the scene like we were saying before, like a Mad Max Fury Road reference to like these evil coconuts, which 
I also thought was very weird because, like I was saying before, big crab, big lava monster. Why do we have to have small little coconut people? Why can't we have another big monster? It, it So this film has like almost like a weird balancing act in a way, but the heart of the film is what carries it through ultimately in the end for me. Um, but it, but it, but like, is that like the, it's tonal issues and such? Is that like a, another reason why you're a little low on this as well, or yeah. lower rather? That that was my big issue is that you know if you look at Disney animated films, you usually have kind of a big bad, and we've seen with movies that aren't even Disney. If you throw in more villains, they become more generic. And they kind of overburden the plot. So I didn't understand. They play up Jemaine Clement, especially with the fact that it is Jemaine Clement voicing him. Um, and they, they come up with this whole history with him and Maui that he's going to carry through beyond the one scene that he's in. Nope, nope. But we give him a song. Why? Well, I guess because Jemaine Clement can sing. Um, and the shiny song, I said that it sounded like if anybody's seen Labyrinth, um, the the song that the Fiery sing, Chili Down, it sounds just like that. And that is one of the worst songs in Labyrinth, okay? Jeez. But it sounds like some sort of weird 80s Bowie song, which I don't I, I don't like movie musicals where the songs don't fit in terms of tone, and that does not fit. Um, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson's song, You're Welcome, it's obvious that it's supposed to be kind of like the Friend Like Me number, and it's snappy, and I thought that that could have been the one outlier song, but then we have this other song, and that's an outlier too. So for all this talk about, oh, we're going to pay tribute to the history of the Polynesian Islands, there's really, I mean, you still have two big production numbers that don't have any Polynesian influences in them in terms of sound quality or, or musical influence. And that was my, my one big thing is, is there's a lot of similarities to Hercules in this, um, which I also think was a Musker Clements film, where you had kind of these steps to get to. So there's no real big bad, it's just them trying to get to a location to restore this heart to this island. And that, that means you're kind of left with really severely contained beats that they just have to kind of, oh, we, it's like a video game narrative almost. You know, we beat these guys and now we're moving on to this guy and then we're moving on to this level. So I didn't really care for how the film is broken up. That was, that was my big thing because by the time you get to the end when everything's supposed to be resolved, it's literally Lava Monster... Um, and then we come up with this very weirdly stock ending for what the lava monster is, um, which kind of sounded Oh, like, that threw me for a loop. Yeah, I was like, okay, so it's like some weird horror movie-esque almost trope. And I'm not going to spoil it, but if you've seen a lot of kind of female-centric horror films, you'll understand what the ending of this movie is. And I did not care for that at all. Um... But it, but it just kind of ends and everything is shiny, happy people again. So I think they had a real problem trying to come up with how to sustain action. Because when it's Maui and Moana on the boat overcoming nature, I thought that was really good. I agree. The scenes where he's teaching her how to sail, um, I thought were particularly fun. Yeah. I mean, the sea is terrifying enough. We've seen that in countless movies, you know, trying to just traverse the open ocean in a boat like that could lead to a lot of really terrifying real world consequences. I mean, this could have been life of Pi if we really if we really wanted it to be. Sure. Um, so I, I don't think we necessarily needed all of these 
villains that just kind of pop up merely to push them along. Right. I agree with that a lot. And another thing, too, that I also want to touch upon as well is the comedic elements of this film in that uh, maybe it's just me. Um, I could be, you know, thinking a little wrong here, but let me ask, uh, did you feel that the comedy was more missed and hit at times or did it land mostly for you? Um, I do think that, that the the scenes where Moana is doing the comedy was was good because um, the actress who voices her, I think I think it's Ali Cravalo. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, she's got this really great improvisational tone to her. Right. And I, I think that a lot of her laugh lines hit because she's able to act like a young girl. I mean, I think it's, it's really important to point out that she was 14 when she recorded these lines. And we haven't seen a Disney princess played by a, a young girl. They're usually grown women. Yeah. So I think that aids in her vocal performance. So the scenes with like with Hey Hey, I thought were were funny, even though they're they're Becky from Finding Dory. Um, I, I thought she was really good with the laugh lines. But then you get Johnson, and I think that because she's so good at being off the cuff, it makes his lines, which sound very polished, sound like they're kind of smarmy. I mean, he's got some great... I mean, he's supposed to be smarmy. He's supposed to be kind of arrogant. And some of his lines are okay, but I ended up recalling laugh lines and scenes with her more than I did him. I agree with that. I think that she overshadows him completely in very this. Much, where very much. Where a lot of people were expecting him to be the focal point and to be the star. And like you were saying, by the film's marketing material, um, you were also taken aback by that, as was I. I thought this was going to be um, her story also intertwined with his story and it is it is don't get me wrong but her story is still the main focal point at the end of the day i mean the film is named after her so if that wasn't you know evidenced enough by that i don't know what else can be so all right with that said final thoughts great out of 10 oscar potential let's pass it off to you what do you think um i thought this was very cute it's a beautifully animated film there's some great moments in it there's some good songs but I do think that in a year that seen Disney really outdo itself, both in the live action and the animation with Zootopia and Pete's Dragon and the Jungle Book, this really kind of gets the kind of the, la- the last drags for the year. And I think the Disney fatigue is really going to play. Um, if you've seen Zootopia and you really like that, uh, Moana is either going to be even better or it's not going to be as good and and i thought zootopia was good i didn't really love it but i think that this is a little slightly lesser than zootopia was um and there's a lot of better animated films i think out there as well so moana's good it's a great jump in the right direction for for um the disney princess genre i'd like to see more direction uh, maybe maybe one a princess that isn't svelte or has big baby doll eyes? I don't know. I'd like to see them progress a bit more. Um, but overall, out of 10, um, I'm going to give this about a 7. 7 sounds good. Um, in terms of Oscar potential, I have this for animated feature. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to win. I think Zootopia might split the vote with it. Um, particularly if um, response is still muted. And I also have this for original song. Right now I have We Know the Way. Because I think that the Oscars would love to get Lin-Manuel Miranda to show up. Um, but I, I could... Oh, he'll, he'll show up regardless. He did all the songs on the movie. That's, that's very true. Um, but I think they would want him to perform as well. 
So, but I could easily see um, how far I'll, I'll go being on there um, because that is the better song. So either way, I think it'll be an original song and animated feature. Okay. Um, I think that Moana is not as good as Zootopia. Uh, Zootopia is one of my favorite films of the year still. Um, but mostly because Zootopia had biting social commentary uh, that added a little bit more gravitas to the film than this one did. Uh, this one, though, is a musical. And as a result, it has certain songs that are catchy as hell, sometimes don't make entirely a lot of sense. Shiny, you know, like that one, for example. Uh, But, you know, How Far I'll Go is definitely a Disney anthem that is going to be played continuously, I think, much in the same way that Let It Go was, although it isn't as uh, singable. You're not going to get two-year-olds attempting to sing How Far I'll Go because it's the hardest song to sing. Uh, in my opinion, at least, as far as the chorus goes. But regardless of regardless of that, um, I think Moana is a solid film. I don't think it's necessarily gonna you know revolutionize anything. I don't think it's necessarily even a step forward for Disney. I think that it's just Disney, like I was saying before, redefining themselves once again to try and take a progressive step forward. But instead of taking a huge leap forward, they're taking more of a baby step. Um, as as we were talking about before, there's still a long way to go in how they present Disney princesses to a new generation of children out there. Um, I think the voice acting is totally, totally great. I think that the songs are catchy. The animation is beautiful. Th- those water effects are just absolutely stunning. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing the film again in 3D because I, I saw it in 2D. Um, just to see those water effects uh, it, with the animation, it just it's it's absolutely breathtaking to look at. Um, oh, and I do have to give a shout out to whoever is a fan of the Ten Commandments on the production for Parting of the Red <laughs> Sea. Uh, thank you for that, because uh, there is another visual reference in the movie in regards to that. So I wanted to give a shout out to that guy or that woman, whoever it is. As far as Oscar potential goes, yeah, best animated feature. I don't think it'll win. Zootopia is still my pick. Uh, best original song. I can see it getting in for both How Far I'll Go and We Know the Way. With uh, this way, you can have Lin Manuel Miranda perform at the Oscars. He'll be he'll win uh, the award no matter which one wins. Um, but I think how far I'll go is definitely more deserving. Outside of that, I don't really have anything else there. I give this film an eight out of ten. Kristen, you're still very new to our listeners out there. Why don't you tell them where they can find you on the internet? Uh, you can ch- uh, chat with me on Twitter at journeys underscore film, where I post all my f- reviews and other choice bon mots. Um, if you like my reviews of classic cinema pre-1980, I run the blog journeysandclassicfilm.com. I also run the podcast Ticklish Business, uh, which is a classic film podcast, which you can listen to at ticklishbusiness.podbean.com. Very cool. And I am Matt Neglia. You can find me on Twitter at Next Best Picture. Please be sure to follow us and read our review of Moana at nextbestpicture.com. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.